بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا قوا أنفسكم وأهليكم نارا وقال تعالى وأمر أهلك بالصلاة واصطبر عليها لا نسألك رزقا نحن نرزقك والعاقبة للتقوى صدق الله مولانا العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما نحل والد ولدا من نحل أفضل من أدب حسن أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم My dear respected friends, brothers in Islam, all praise and all gratitude belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher and greetings and salutations upon our noble master Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the hadith sharif mentions the person sends one durood and salams upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah ta'ala will bless that person with ten blessings one narration mentioned ten of his sins also forgiven and Allah ta'ala will elevate his status by tenfold in the hereafter as well let us all recite durood sharif Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim my dear respected friends we all know it's a universal fact that the most precious and most valuable commodity of any nation is their youth and their youngsters, the children. This is the most valuable capital and the most precious commodity of any nation. If you want to see the future or you want to judge the future of any community or any nation, then you will judge it by its youth. If the youth and the youngsters are in the right direction, and their focus is correct, then this community and this nation, this society has a bright future. But if we find that community, that nation where the youth, they are lost, the youngsters are lost, they don't know where they are heading towards, they indulge in all types of vices, then we find that community or that nation doesn't have a very bright future. The collapse of that nation is very imminent and very close. So it's a fact that the, the most precious and most valuable commodity of any nation is the youngsters. And we find that when any child is born uh, and the child after is, the mother has given birth to this child and after this child is washed and clothed and now presented to, this, to the mother and the child is put onto the chest of the mother, then we understand and we all know what joy and what happiness this child brings to the parents. It's a bundle of joy, what excitement is that home? But we have to understand that if we want a future for our children, for our community, our society, that when this child is put on the chest of that mother in reality, a very great responsibility and task is put on the chest of that mother and the parents. That how we bring up this child will depend the future of our community and our society. So this is a very, very great responsibility. Uh, that how we bring up our children and how we guide them, how we grow them up. The universal fact that this is the greatest, one of the most valuable commodities and capital of any nation. Similarly, we know also that the universal problem as well. That how many a times we find uh, in every community, in every society, in every place we find, uh, this is the complaint of many, many a parent complaining about the child as well. About the youngsters, the youth. What is the condition, how they are so disobedient, how the vices and what, how physical, verbal abuse as well. So this also is a universal problem as well. But we find this beautiful deen that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, this deen islam that Alhamdulillah in this deen we don't have to look for the solutions of our problems anywhere else. 
That Allah Ta'ala has given us the solution to every problem in the life in the Quran and Sharif. That every challenge and every problem that we will face in this dunya, whether it's personal, whether it's the family, whether it's whatever it may be, we'll find the solution in our deen. Allah Ta'ala in the 19th part of the Quran Kareem teaches us a beautiful dua with regards to our spouse, with regards to our children, that if we want them to grow up to be obedient, we want them to grow up to be the coolness of our eyes. Every parent wants his child or her child to be the coolness of their eyes. So Allah Ta'ala in Quran Kareem teaches us a very beautiful dua. And we should recite, learn these duas and we should recite them on a daily basis. رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنْ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا This dua that Allah Ta'ala has taught us in Quran Kareem, that, oh Allah, that this, our spouses that you have blessed us with, and these children that, our children that you have blessed us with, رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنْ Make them the coolness of our eyes. This is a dua that we have to constantly ask Allah Ta'ala. That, oh Allah, the spouses that you have blessed us with, the children that you have blessed us with, make them the coolness of our eyes. وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ imama, And make us leaders for the pious ones as well. Make us leaders for the pious people. That we ourselves become muttaqeen, those who have conscious of Allah Ta'ala, and we become leaders of the pious ones. So this dua we should make on a constant basis. Daily we should recite this dua and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, these children that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this amanat, this responsibility, that every one of us, that Allah has blessed us with children on the day of Qiyamah, we have to be questionable. The hadith of Rasulullah is very, very clear. Kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ulun an That every one of you, you are a shepherd. And how a shepherd is responsible for his flock, for his sheep. Similarly, every one of you will be responsible for your family and your children. That how did you bring them up? Uh, what did you teach them? This will be a question that we all will have to answer on the day of Qiyamah. So these children, an example is given that Allah has blessed us with children. It's like a plant that is growing in a beautiful, lush, fertile garden. Now if we, that plant that is small, if the gardener, the person, the farmer, now he waters that plant on a daily basis. He ensures that the plant is getting sufficient sunlight, there's fertilizer there, the weeds are removed that are coming around it. Uh, the plant is well taken care, it's trimmed and it's pruned from time to time. Then we will find that plant will grow up to be a beautiful tree and it will give beautiful, it will bear beautiful fruit and people will take benefit from it. But on the other hand, another plant tree that's growing in the bush, in the jungle, in the desert, there's nobody there to tend it to it, to take care for it. Then it just, both these trees will never be the same. Both these trees will never be the same. The end result of both these trees will never be the same. The one that's in the jungle will eventually wither out. It will, it will never bear that sweet fruit. Why? Because no care and attention was given to it. These children that Allah Ta'ala have blessed us with, these young children, when they are born, it's like a clean white slate. They have no faults on them. Now it's as if a parent is given that clean white slate and we are told now, that now you take a pen and now you start drawing pictures or images. That you do what you want to do with it. So one person can take uh, that marker or that color, that paint, whatever. And now you can draw a beautiful picture with beautiful colors, make a beautiful image. People will walk past, they will look at it, they will praise it. They will acknowledge it. They will commend the, this person, the painter. What a nice, beautiful image. 
He took time, he took, made sacrifice, took effort into that painting. And he, on that slate now, beautiful colors he has put on it. And on the other hand, also, you can just take some marker or some pen and you can scribble something on that white slate. So similarly, our children, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this amanat. It depends what we do with them. Uh, when they are born, what do we engrave in their hearts and in their minds? Uh, what sifat and what qualities we engrave in their heart and their mind? That when they grow up, the correct qualities and the correct sifat and the correct upbringing we give them, then we will find when they grow up, people will praise them. Uh, they will become the leaders of the world. They will become the coolness of our eyes. But if you just scribble on the slate and people will look at it, it will be an ugly thing, they will ignore it and they will continue. So similarly, our children also, if we don't put effort into them and we just ignore them and we don't care about them and let them do as they wish, then unfortunately they will become like that scribbling that people will ignore them and carry on like this. They will not become the coolness of our eyes. We find in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa that the tarbiyat of children were given from a very, very young age. Today we feel that when my child gets big, now he's only two years, he's three years, he's five years, he's still small, let him do what he wants to do. Uh, we overlook it. And say when they get big, they will learn. But we find the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, time of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu, small children, their tarbiyat was made from a young age. When a child is born, when a child is born, what do we do? We give the azan in one ear, we give the iqamat in the next ear, in the left ear. Ulama explain, what is this? Child is born few hours old. Child doesn't know what is azan, what is iqamat. Person might ask the question, what's the need for it? Let the child get a little bit bigger as we say, then we'll teach him. That's our attitude today. Child is so small, let him do what he's doing, he's still a child. But here, we know when a child is born, the azan is given in the ear. The iqamat is given in the ear. What is the wisdom and the hikmat behind this? That from the very onset, from the child, from the time the child is born, from birth, the foundation is being laid for the child, the tarbiyat and the islah and the reformation of the child is being placed and the foundation is being laid in the heart and the mind of the child. The oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tawheed and risalat is being embedded in the heart of the child, in the mind of the child. Uh, that Allahu Akbar, that Allah is the greatest. Imagine the child just a few hours old. And the child in this year is hearing Allah is the greatest. La ilaha illallah, there is none worthy of worship besides Allah. Tawheed is being put into the heart of the child. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. That come to salah, come to success, success, success lies in salah in the deen of Allah Ta'ala. That small child, few minutes, few hours old is being toneless. Today, unfortunately, elders who understand, we haven't understood it. When we hear the azan five times a day, hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. The day we were born, we heard it. Today we are 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, we're listening to the same azan, we're not responding to it. So what's the reason that the, the foundation of deen is being placed in the heart of the child? And thereafter, as the child grows now, uh, the child has to be nurtured, the child has to be guided in the correct direction now. Like how when a person is building, when he's putting up a building, the first thing he's put is the foundation. But nobody who intends to build a house or a, a complex just puts the foundation and leave it. The foundation is put and thereafter it's built upon that foundation. They start making effort on that foundation. It's not left like that. So similarly the foundation is laid in, laid in every child at the time of the birth of the child. 
Now it's the duty of the parent to make effort for the rest of the life until the child gets big. That we send the child to learn deen, practice deen. So this is extremely important. Now coming back to the time that we saw Islam, that from the very onset, from a young child, young children of Sahaba, they were taught the tarbiyat was made, they were taught deen. And they never said that the child get big, then we will teach deen. As Amr bin Salama radiallahu ta'ala, a young boy, maybe five, six years of age, a youngster, he explains this incident later on. Many sahaba later on in life, they explain their relationship or they explain incidents that had occurred with them and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when they were young. So Amr bin Salama radiallahu ta'ala, he explains one incident when he was a youngster, a small boy. A small boy. He says, once I was sitting with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Listen, think. At a young age, now he's sitting with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's saying we were eating. And me being a young, small child, on the Dastar Khan, we find children today also, they'll spread their hands here, from here, there, everywhere. Uh, they'll take the small children, what we say, leave them, they're small, we'll give it to them, we we'll overlook it. We overlook it. But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam here is teaching us that the tarbiyat and the, the tarbiyat and the upbringing of the child has to start from a young age. We shouldn't say leave it. But with love and muhabbat, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam addresses Hazrat Amr bin Salama radiallahu anhu. He's a small boy. And he tells him, Sammillah, wa kul biyaminik, wa kul mimma yalik. With love, with affection, with muhabbat. That take the name of Allah when you eat. Say Bismillah. And then, Akul biyaminik, and eat with your right hand. And wa kul mimma yalik. And then eat from that which is in front of you. He says, I used to put my hand everywhere I was taking from the, every part of the Dastar Khan. He says, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, love and muhabbat and affection, he made my tarbiyat at that time. Now imagine he was a small boy, maybe five, six years of age. And he's relating this incident now when he's an adult. What we understand from this? That when we will teach our children from a very young age, what we teach them when they're young will remain with them forever. Unfortunately, at that age, when they can absorb things, the right things, we overlook it and we say, leave it. Then later on in life, we want to ask ourselves where we went wrong. We can't sort it out and we can't rectify it. Uh, uh, Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala on another occasion, he explains, he too was a young boy. See, he was not even balik at that time. And Nabi Samit made dua for him. That he's regarded the mufassir of this ummah. Explanation of Quran Kareem. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made dua for him that Allah Ta'ala must bless him with the knowledge of Quran. And he's regarded as the mufassir of this ummah. He was a young, small boy. And he mentions on one occasion, I was riding with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the conveyance. And Nabi Sallallahu while riding, he gives me advice. He said, I'm not even balid, under the age of 10. Nabi Sam gives this youngster small boy, later on he's relating this. Uh, he says, Nabi Sam told me, Ya Ghulam, O oh lad, O oh youngster. And then he starts giving him advice. Ihfadillah yahfadka. Ihfadillah tadijut jahab. Ifaidha sa'alta fas'alillah. Wa idha sta'anta fasta'ib billah. And gives him the lengthy, many, many advices he has given him. But he tells him, Ya Ghulam, Small boy, not even Bali, tells him that protect the deen of Allah, Allah Ta'ala will protect you. 
Protect the deen of Allah, Allah Ta'ala will protect you. Today we'll ask small children, what are you telling them? Yes. How are they going to protect the deen of Allah Ta'ala? Nabi Sallam is telling this young boy, not even Bali Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala, Ihfadillah, Ihfadillah. Protect the deen of Allah, Allah Ta'ala will protect you. Ihfadillah tajidhu tujahak. They protect the deen of Allah Ta'ala, you will find Allah Ta'ala. وَإِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْأَلِ اللَّهِ When you ask, ask from Allah. وَإِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ When you want aid and assistance, ask from Allah Ta'ala. Turn towards Allah. What is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam teaching this young child? Who's not even baligh. Turning his attention away from makhluk to Allah Ta'ala. That you protect the deen of Allah, Allah will take care of your affairs. Allah Ta'ala will make your hifazat. Now imagine today, we just started school yesterday. How many of us, being parents, we are worried what's happening out there? We're hearing about the kidnapping, etc. What's happening out there, the safety, security. What we told our children, make sure you stay inside the school. Don't go with anybody. Make sure whoever's coming to pick you up, they pick you up. All these things we tell them. Yes, it's very important we tell them. But how many of us told our children this advice that Nabi Islam gave this young man? That practice the deen of Allah, obey Allah Ta'ala, ihfadillah yahfaduka, Allah Ta'ala will protect you. Put your trust totally on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ihfadillah tajidhu dujahad. Protect the deen of Allah Ta'ala, you will find Allah Ta'ala. Under whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, in whatever conditions we find ourselves, Allah Ta'ala will be there for us. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is telling this young child, Whatever assistance you want, whatever help you want, tell our children first, ask Allah Ta'ala for us. Putting the, the seeds of Iman and Tawheed in the child. The seed of Iman and Tawheed and Risalat is being put in the child, in the heart of the child. And thereafter he tells Abdullah bin Abbas that if the entire ummah, the entire world, the entire creation get together, and if they want to benefit you, they cannot benefit you except that which Allah Ta'ala wants to benefit you. Putting his yaqeen and trust and reliance totally on Allah Ta'ala. And then if the entire ummah and the entire creation gets together, and if they want to harm you, then they cannot harm you more than that which Allah Ta'ala wants to harm you. Planting the seed of iman and tawheed and complete reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These were the children of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala. So coming back, these children that Allah ta'ala has blessed us, it's an amanat, it's a responsibility. How we bring them up. That we want our children to be the coolness of our eyes. Amongst many things, just two things which are very, very important factors. And if you bring this, that inshallah we will find that our children will become the coolness of our eyes. And they will be the role models of tomorrow and the leaders of tomorrow. Firstly, quickly, that we as parents have to become the correct role models first. It mustn't that we want our children to be uh, the Imam Ghazali of the time, the Hassan Basri of the time, the Rabia Basriya of the time. But we want to follow the steps of Iblis and Shaitan and Fir'aun and Haman. It's not going to work. We want our children to be obedient to us. But we are disobedient to us. Allah Ta'ala, it will never happen. Hazrat Luqman alayhi salatu wassalam, in Surah Luqman, Allah Ta'ala revealed entire Surah. Luqman alayhi salatu wassalam advises his son. It is commentary in the Hashiyah of Jalalain. With regards to this ayat of the Quran al-Kareem, 
Muhammad alayhi salatu wa told his son Ya Bunayya la tushrik billah inna shirka lahulmun azim Advising his son Yet oh my son La tushrik billah Don't make shirk and associate it of iman in the child La tushrik billah Don't make shirk with Allah Ta'ala Inna shirka lahulmun azim It's a very very great and major sin Another place in the same surah Ya Bunayya aqimish salata Wa'mur bil ma'roof Wanha anil munkar Wasbir ala ma asabak Advising his son that obey the commands of Allah When the parent is taking the responsibility To advise the child to obey Allah Ta'ala Then thereafter in the same surah In the next verse Allah Ta'ala says Wa wassayna al-insana biwalidayh the harsh of Jalalain is written that Allah Ta'ala has taken the responsibility on him after that to advise and command the children of this ummah that you obey and be kind to your parents. When the parent will instruct the child to obey Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala advises and commands the children to obey the parents. Today we as parents, we have moved away from the commands of Allah Ta'ala. How is it possible that our children obey us? So first point is that we become role models to our children. When we hear the azan, we have to respond to the call of the azan. Don't expect the TV to be still on and expect our children to become obedient to us. It will never happen. We not reciting Quran in our house. Don't expect our children to become hafaz of the Quran al-Kareem. So first point, we want our children to be upright. We want our children to be the coolness of our eyes. We must mend our relationship with Allah Ta'ala. And then we'll find our house will become homes with happiness. Allah Ta'ala grant each one of us the tawfiq. To become upright parents, like sahaba to their children. And second point is, that we give our children the correct dini education. If we want our children to become the coolness of our eyes. Unfortunately, today we are robbing our children of this. Giving them the correct dini Islamic education. That is why we find later on in life, we as the parents, we suffer the consequences of this. This is extremely important. It's actually compulsory upon every child, every parent, that we give our children the dini and Islamic knowledge. How sad it is so many a times that we find now it's the beginning of the year. I just heard from parents recently. Now, they moved to some other areas. Molana, we're looking, we can't find a very, very good school for our child. The children is not, the school is not appropriate. So now we're traveling so many for going to another town just for my child to attend that school. So much of inconvenience. The parent is saying themselves, so much of inconvenience. Uh, we have to get up in the morning, go through all that traffic just to get to my child to that school because that school is a better school. So now we will make that sacrifice. But what about finding a good maktab for our children? What about finding a good madrasa for our children to give them that Islamic knowledge? We have no interest in that. That how we expect our children to be obedient to us when they grow up. So this is the new year coming. Let us ensure that our children also, we want the best for our children. Unfortunately, we always related this to the things of this world. We want the best for our children, but related to the matters of this dunya. Whereas Nabi sallallahu alayhi has told us, That no parent can give his child anything better than good values and good habits and good ways. 
This is the best thing a parent, any parent can give his child. Good akhlaq, good values. And where will we find this? We will find this in the deen of Islam. Our deen teaches us this. Our children, our investments of the akhirat. We will only realize this when our eyes close. That when we pass away, how many of us sitting here, we have witnessed on so many occasions, father passes away, mother passes away, the child cannot even read dua and read yasin or read surah for the, for the father or parent who has passed away. Some family member has to look for someone to come and read for the child's parents. Some of us adults, we are also victims of this. We cannot even send isale sawab for our own parents. Do we want to be in that same situation when we leave this world? That our children cannot even lift their hands and read for us. Nabi Sallallahu mentioned one hadith, إِذَا مَاتَ الْإِنسَانِ إِنْ قَطْعَهَا That everything stops for a person when he passes away, إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثَةٍ Except three things. إِلَّا مِنْ صَدَقَةٍ جَارِيَةٍ أَوْ عِلْمٍ يُنْتَفَعُ بِهِ أَوْ وَالِدٍ أَوْ وَلَدٍ صَالِحٍ يَدْعُوا لَهُ Three things. When a person passes away, everything of his is closed. Except three things he will continue getting reward for. إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثَةٍ a person did some sadaqah jariyah. He donated something towards the masjid, some madrasa, some well, something he built. And people continue taking benefit from it. As long as they are taking benefit from it, if he passed away, he will continue getting the reward of that. A person taught someone something, taught him how to read salah, taught him how to read Quran Sharif, taught him how to read, do some good a'mal. And now that person is practicing upon that ilm, upon that knowledge. As long as he's practicing on that knowledge, and if he teaches somebody else, that person practices, all this reward will come to that person who has passed away. And the third thing that we sallallahu mentioned, a walidin, that he leaves behind, he leaves behind a pious child who will make dua for him. This is an investment for akhirat. That we leave behind pious children. That when we are alone in the qabr, uh, then the malaika will be bringing the reward of our children that whatever they have recited and told to us, that your son, your daughter, so and so has read and brought this for you today. What happiness it will bring to that parent in his qabr when he sees his son or his daughter sending his reward for him in the qabr. But this is if you brought our children correctly upright. So this madrasa that we have, it's a very, very important part of our, in the life of a Muslim. Imam Bukhari rahimahullah, who doesn't know of Imam Bukhari rahimahullah? Bukhari Sharif, thousands and thousands and thousands of hadiths that he had compiled. That no person can qualify as an alim if he has not studied the books of Imam Bukhari rahimahullah. After the Quran Kareem, one of the most authentic kitabs. Imam Bukhari rahimahullah, when he was asked, that when were you, how did you, what inspired you to go in this direction, in this field? People asked him, That this desire and this inspir- inspired, this inspiration of learning the hadith of Rasulullah to go into this field of hadith, I was inspired and I was inclined towards it. Whilst I was in a madrasa, whilst I was in a maktab, I was inspired to go in this field. And when they asked him, what age were you at this? What he said? Ashara sinin, aqalla. 
He says, I was 10 years old, if not younger than that. 10 years, if not younger than that. So these are the places where we will find our future leaders coming out. But it's important, it's imperative that we send our children to the madrasa. Alhamdulillah, it's the beginning of the year. Many posters are out, many people are sending out the admission and the enrollment for the madrasa. Our madrasa poster is on the masjid board as well. The madrasa is open. Let us enroll our children. Let us make that little bit sacrifice. Let us make that investment for our akhirat. And we will see the benefit. Let us value this maktab system that we have in South Africa. My brothers, we don't understand the value and this ni'mat and this bounty of this maktab system that we have in South Africa. We have taken it for granted. People from other countries, that they don't have the system when they come here. How many a time we find in our madrasa, we have ulama coming from foreign countries just to come to South Africa to spend two or three weeks in South Africa, here in Durban. And they used to come to the madaris during the madrasa time. Ulama, five, six, seven of them, just to see how the maktab system is running to take it back to their own country. Coming from different countries. Today we have it, that's why we don't value it. I know my own colleague studying with us together, coming from Germany, that after he qualified, he went back, we don't travel and we'll find the condition, what is the condition? That we have it found in the plates, that's why we don't value it. After studying for over 10 years, he goes back home, there's no maktab system. The children know nothing, don't know how to read Quran Sharif. Comes back to South Africa, spend time in South Africa. He came back to translate our South African maktab syllabus into the German language. Spent over six months translating the basic kitab, part one, part twos. Basic, not big, big kitab, basic part one, part two into the German language to go back home and to start teaching the children their own language. So brothers, we have this, this is a great ni'mat and a favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have children the age of five going up, let us enroll them. Many a times we hear parents say they're tired, they can't make it. Uh, they were coming from school, it's hot. My brothers, for decades it's been going on like this. All our children went through the system, we went through the system as well. We're underestimating the ability of our own children. We are underestimating the ability of our children. I read somewhere many, many years ago, I read somewhere, some article, and it said that a child below the age of 10, a child below the age of 10 has the ability to learn up to seven different languages. This is the ability of a child. We underestimate the ability of our children. A child under the age of 10 has the ability to learn up to seven languages simultaneously at once. So let us, time is up, let us enroll, we have children, we have grandchildren, we have nephews, nieces, and we know anyone in our family who are small children need to go to the maktab five years and above, let us find the closest maktab in the area, let us enroll them in the madrasa, our makatib in Phoenix, alhamdulillah, many of them have transport system also, we let us put them in the transport, we pick them up from their house, bring them back home, where we found this, in our, those days we never had this facility. Allah ta'ala grant each one of us tawfiq.